Hello, and welcome to today's episode of the Out of Order podcast by the German Marshall Fund. My name is Laura Basagni, and I am a program manager at GMF's Brussels office. Today, I'm your host, and I'm going to be talking with Alessandro Rancati, an architect turned designer for policy, about the work that he and his team do for a very special unit inside the Joint Research Center of the European Commission, the European Policy Lab. Hope you enjoy. Hello, Alessandro. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks a lot, Laura, for having me. Before we get started with the conversation, I thought that maybe you could say a couple of words about what you're doing now. So my name is Alessandro. I'm an architect and a designer. Six years ago, I started working at, at the EU, EU Policy Lab, which is a unit inside the, the Joint Research Center. In this unit, the challenge is a bit to, to see how design can help the policymaking process. We can start mixing, merging some of the methods, but also some of the ways design addresses problems and opportunities. Thank you. So the EU Policy Lab is a unit inside the research center of the European Commission, right? Yes. And maybe I can ask you a, a very basic question. Tell us a bit more about what is policy design or design for policy and how does that work? It's it's not the, the, the absolute truth. And so... Take it with a, with a grain of salt. I, I, at least from my point of view, policy design and design for policy are, are two different things. Policy design, if you okay. want, if we want it, it's a bit the, the activity of designing policies, and this is not an activity that it's done by usually one person. It's an activity that goes through very different processes and very different steps, and depending on the system, you have different different ways of of getting to a policy. Right? Design for policy is how design can help this process of, of of creating policies right and, and and in a certain sense it's also a bit difficult to place design into this process because in theory we could place it almost at, the, at, the, at every stage we could place it as a as a as a step for researching um, the conditions around which the policy should, should be developed uh, we could be placed it could be placed that uh, during the development of the policy for example to help uh, a different uh, uh, people, different uh, perspective to get to an agreement or to get to some uh, some form of understanding of the, of the problem and, and coming up with a policy proposal or policy solution. But we could also work a lot, and, and this is maybe the, the most visible part of how, how design can help. It, it could be it could be used in the in the execution phase. So when when a policy meets the citizens or when a service uh, meets the, the, the citizens. And so there's a lot that design can do in that in the place also. So it really depends on where you, you where you are and design can help in, in, in very different ways. And that is what you're doing basically now at the European Commission, right? So can you tell a bit about what, in what ways the EU Policy Lab supports the work of the Commission. The policy lab is a place where, in reality, there are at least four different competences merging. And so design is one of them, but it's not the only one. There's also foresight, which is this idea of bringing in a future-oriented perspective into considering the conditions that should be taken into account when you develop these policies. There's also behavioral insight 
which is more about uh, how people behave, what kind of biases, uh, what kind of uh, automatic reactions people have in front of uh, different situations, and and and, uh, and how we can make sure that uh, the taking of decision is is well informed in a certain sense. And then there is also an, another group of people working more on modeling, and so understanding how systems behave, uh, and based uh, a lot on data. Uh, and so to, to inform a bit again, it's different. In, in a sense, it's a different way of looking at the, at the future. No, but in this case, it's more predictive. It's based on on data, while uh, foresight and design are more uh, a proposal or or uh, like more sometimes even an, an ideal or a vision. So, so these these are the, the four competencies, and design in in this uh, in in this group is helping. Uh, let's say at different levels. One level is to help a colleague to explore the conditions and the context before the policy is informed, before the actions are informed, uh, before the options even are informed. So preparatory to the policy itself in a way. Yes, and it's it's a lot about bringing in different perspectives and bridging a bit sometimes this um, distance that there is between people who think more in terms of uh, abstract systems and what is really happening in, in, in the different places uh, across Europe. And one of the big challenges that we have at the, at the lab, because of the, of the nature of the lab, uh, is that uh, policies are always uh, at the EU level. And so there is always a question how different uh, issues, policy issues or challenges are translated in different places. And so the challenge is not to create or think that one solution fits all, but the idea is to try to understand what, what are the elements that can be useful and say beneficial for different places. Yeah, I see. And maybe to just link it concretely to policy design, are there specific tools that you can maybe name and share with us from the design toolbox that you can use to do what you just said, for example? It really depends on, on at what level you want to help. Let's say that you, we can start from a very, very simple way, which is we have colleagues that come and say, uh, we need to meet with the different experts. We need to include categories of citizens or people from uh, academia, people from uh, the business world and so on and we need to make sure that uh, they all have the same uh, opportunities to, to share what their perspective and, and make sense of it and so in this case it's more of a, a spot help and and the idea is well let's design a session or let's design a workshop or or, or, or a meeting or or, or or an activity that makes sure that for example no people take a, take say the floor and that uh, everyone is allowed at the same time to express their own personal position, but then all the all the personal position are brought into a let's say a plenary so that we can make sense of it together. It, and it's really more about you know facilitating and and creating a, a flow and managing the rhythms of the interventions and 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 so on. So it's it's kind of a that's the equivalent of very simple and light product. And then there is there is a, a different level which is more about designing the, the whole flow of, of all these uh, interventions. So sometimes it's just that you have this spot, sometimes you need to create a, a, an actual flow and you have uh, a first, uh, for example, eh, first meeting with this group of people to, to start to understand what we understand together. And then we, you need to decide what kind of actions you want to start putting in place or you need to decide what kind of challenges we, we, we find out what are the priorities and what we want to address. And so we, we, you, you go to another step. Then you need to start understanding what kind of actions we, we start to uh, uh, we start together. 
So we, we need another step. So you need to really design a bit the, the whole flow so that uh, not only the whole process makes sense, but also people who are involved have a better idea of why they're coming in and, and, and have a sense that it's not just a spot intervention, but it's part of a, of a larger process that have a certain output. And that's, that's kind of a second. And then the third one is more about, uh, and, and this maybe can link to, to a bit the work with, with social economy and, and, and the social economy canvas and so on, which is, well, we have a topic or, or uh, 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 let's say a, a, a concept like social economy that is not, very well defined across Europe. It's very difficult to define. And if we actually create a definition, we run the risk of alienating uh, a part of, uh, of the key stakeholders, for example, because they don't recognize themselves. And so in, in that case, the challenge is a bit more to build a kind of a, what we could call a framework or, or a skeleton, which is conceptual skeleton that helps people to position themselves uh, in 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 this concept. So for some people, social economy means what in Italy, for example, the third sector, or uh, uh, for some other is cooperatives, for some other is mutuals, for some other is uh, ONGs, for some other. And so we need to find a way where all these people that in reality have something in common feel that they are all part of the same game because in reality they are. They they share a lot. Uh, among themselves. And so uh, a different challenge for design because it's, uh, it's more about um, helping to move away from precise definitions and precise categories and, and more about building relational structures that can help people relate to each other. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's a. I mean, it sounds to me like it's a lot about also providing kind of a flexible structure to deal with complexity in a way, because yes. all of the processes that you described, especially at the European level, are complex by yes. the nature of the organization, obviously. Yeah. And well, I was about to, one of the questions that I wanted to ask you was what is social economy <laughs> to move into the second part. But now after what you said, I feel like it's a bit silly because I, yeah, exactly as you said, obviously social economy means a lot of things in different contexts, especially in different countries in Europe, depending on their histories and yes. um, the culture and everything. But maybe we could try um, to give a little bit of a notion of what we intend with social economy so that the people that are listening kind of yes. know the context of the conversation. If we use a very open definition, we could say any form of, of economy that doesn't have profit as the only objective. We have elements of profit, but the way profit is used, the way profit is redistributed, and, and especially the why of the economic activity is, is very important. And so some, sometimes you can have a, a companies that are called purpose-based companies or, or impact-based and so on. So it's all this area where um, there is an attention for a normal economic activity, but it's an, an, at least the same attention in all the social, societal and environmental dimensions that are part of this activity so there cannot be an imbalance in uh, in, in the three elements yeah i really like the uh, definition that says that you know the private sector has as a goal to maximize profits while social economic activities optimize several goals so i think it's a very different perspective 
to be taken to business. So, yeah, so your project specifically is around the social economy canvas, which is something that you have, well, you and your and your team and your colleagues have created. So do you want to explain what the canvas is? What we did was, was to start from uh, what was existing. And obviously there is, or when we started, this, this is already two years ago, I think more or less. And so we started with the idea that uh, if we need to support this new form of, of economy, we need, we need a tool that can help entrepreneurs think in a different way or, or, or and at the same time help the, the, the entrepreneurs that are already thinking in that way to, to show what they're doing. Because it's very difficult in a certain sense if you have a social uh, entrepreneurship uh, or a social activity to show what's the difference uh, from uh, a normal economic activity. No? And so also, for example, to understand why you can be part of social economy without being an NGO so that you can actually make profit, but then it's a different thing. And so that was a bit the challenge what we have uh, what we had available was let's say the set of tools that um, uh, we all know the normal business model canvas and then there is an, an, an adaptation which is it's called more the social uh, business canvas etc uh, but what we saw in a bit a bit is that they all work or let's say they, they, there is not enough attention to the relational component of, of these uh, new forms of activity. And so they're all still in a certain sense reinforce the, the, the mental models that are the typical mental models of, of trade activities. And so we went for this uh, for this canvas that is in reality is, is, um, is, is two exercises put together. One exercise is to look at what we call the landscape. So what is around an economic activity. And, and uh, we, we think of it in terms of communities and relationships uh, among communities. And of course, it's one of the communities is the project. So it's, it's, it's a group usually with different sizes. And then two major categories for, for, the, for the other communities. One, one are the beneficiaries. And so usually in a, in, a, in a project social economy, you have a very clear group of people or or uh, yeah uh, that that is benefiting from the activity and that group of people may be from the employees to clients or to producer it you know it's it's not a fixed category it's not like in regular uh, uh, business where you have a client and the clients are clients here the beneficiaries can be client but can be a mix can be anything yeah it's also not the same as um charity or NGOs, as you were saying before, because in that case, it's more like the beneficiaries would be more recipient of exactly. an activity rather than clients or employees. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. One, one, one of the things that happens a lot in, in social economy is that the beneficiaries are, are an active uh, component of the, of the economic activity. They're, they're not passive recipients. And so that's quite important. And then there's there's another macro category, which is what we call the neighbors or or the people who help the activity, but they're not beneficiaries. So if we think, for example, to um, um, crowdfunding, uh, especially the way it was thought of at the beginning, um, we had a lot of cases where you would uh, support a project uh, or an idea with money or with, uh, with any other form of support, but then you wouldn't really get 
even a reward or you would not really be that much interested in the, in the reward uh, you were more interested in in giving energy to, to to the cause rather than getting something back from it and so uh, this is typical of of, uh, of these kind of activities you have you have always this, these three components obviously one one entity who's uh, moving the the whole idea so, so the project uh, one entity who's or, or several entities who are beneficiaries taking benefits from this. And then the third one that is allowing all of these things to happen, including sometimes normal clients. So there are social economy activities who have normal clients, they sell a certain product, but then the money is used to maybe support activities in different parts of the world and so on. And it becomes an, uh, a really an, an integrated complex uh, structure. Right. And this is the landscape analysis. Yes. And it's the first part of the canvas. Yes. yes the and then there's part, a yes. second part. And the second part, it's, it's more about getting into the details of uh, how a project is, is actually uh, running. So uh, um, there are a lot of... Um, um, activities related to social economy that are very innovative. And so they have a product or they have a, a service, et cetera, that it's, it's immediately recognizable as, okay, they are really covering a, a, a challenge uh, in, in society or in the environment, et cetera. And, and so that's, that's what they do. But there's a lot of activities that do not have that uh, clear output and they actually do very normal stuff so some companies make bread some other make tea some other have uh, are, are a bar or, or whatever right so 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 what is different is actually how they do uh, these kind of things how they produce uh, the their objects or, or the products or the services and so on and so we need to get a little bit more in detail to understand what are the key dimensions that are really in, in play over here. Is it, uh, for example, is this, is this company particularly you know, active in making sure that the employees have a very good conditions? Or uh, are, is this company readjusting all the production methods around the abilities of, of the employees? Instead of saying, we have a machine and people have to adapt to the machine and make the machine work. You know, there's a lot of people, who, a lot of companies who work with people with disabilities and so on, and they change the way they make things based on, on, on the people that they hire. And, and so this is kind of, uh, this kind of, of, uh, of what makes the difference, no? We have examples in Spain, in, in everywhere, but uh, I mean, the, the one that I have clear is, is La Fajeda. They make uh, yogurt and it's, it's very good yogurt. And it's a normal yogurt, right? But what, what's different is, is who makes the yogurt? Uh, who, I mean, what kind of activities are also integrated in that, in, in that uh, production, et cetera, et cetera. So you cannot really see that with the normal canvas or, uh, or so on. You need, you need a tool that is designed to, to make those things emerge. Yeah, because any basically any type of economic activities or any type of activity can be can be defined as social economy, and it's not really what type of production or what type of activity, but what's the goal and how the processes are designed. Yeah, any is, any is kind it? of activity with a, with the with a particular goal mm -hmm. uh, and a particular purpose, then yes, of course it yeah. could be, and that's also why, for example, the colleagues in the Grow are starting to use the canvas 
not just as a tool for social economy, but as a tool in general for entrepreneurship, but uh, to highlight uh, the components of entrepreneurship that are usually not considered uh, in, in a normal, uh, uh, let's say, trade environment or economic environment. So it's kind of a training also for people who are just interested in moving towards this uh, form of economy and say, and say, okay, I want to understand uh, what, what I can do better or, or where I can improve or, uh, or, or, or what does it mean to, be, to become more responsible from a societal or, or, or environmental perspective. So. Right. And so how do you use the canvas? Because I know that it is available for everyone online, basically. It's, uh, it's, it's free to be, to be used yes. and we'll link in the description to, to the canvas as well. Um, so how do you, I guess there are many ways in which you can use, in, in which you can use the canvas, but maybe you can mention a couple of them. Okay. Well, there is a, uh, in the, in the website, there is a bit of a procedure, uh, that you can use and it's like any, any, uh, any other design tool or, 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 or tools that come from, from this, uh, um, let's say this culture. No, so you have uh, components, you have elements, you have uh, steps that you can go through. Um, and what you need, in a certain sense, is maybe a bit of, of practice on 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 using this kind of uh, tools. No, but uh, uh, for for the for the landscape, the activity, and and for both in reality, yeah, we, we're, there is a way to run the activity in one hour for the landscape and in one hour for the for the identity so in in two hours you start to have uh, already kind of a, a an overview that it's, it is quite uh, complete um but uh, yeah it's 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 an activity that uh, facilitator or person who's trained in facilitation can uh, maybe pick up uh, quite easily maybe for people who are not that much into uh, facilitating or or no or they don't know about the rhythms and how that stuff it's a little bit more difficult so it, it's better probably or or it's more or it's easier to be to use the canvas for for, for uh, um, uh, consultancies or consultants and so on, um, rather than the, the actual final user. Yeah, and how is the what well, you mentioned a little bit? But how is the commission using it? And is, yeah, so in well, I mean, what ways do you see this work also on social yeah. economy in general going forward? Okay. One of the things is that this this canvas is now is is in let's say in, in is still in prototype. Eh? So we are we are working on the, the final phases of of this uh, prototype, and so we're running um, in parallel a series of mappings across Europe with uh, with uh, yeah again consultants or or facilitators and so on, and we're doing basically two things at the same time. One is testing and making the canvas more solid and and the second is to understand um, from the results uh, what kind of uh, type types and and uh, and the differences uh, exist in different parts of Europe with respect to social economy so we're, we're, we're getting data but at the same time we're uh, we're improving the, um, the tool and then the idea is to arrive with a let's say a, a beta version. So after a prototype, you can get to a beta and, uh, and make it that, uh, make that available maybe in, in, uh, uh, in a larger, to a larger public. And then it really depends afterwards. Eh? I mean, the project uh, 
this is a project in collaboration between two different, uh, let's say, departments of, of the commission. So when this is uh, when this is over, it's uh, it's about uh, uh, you know need to think what uh, what's the next step. Right? We make recommendations or or we get ideas and then we see how how that evolves. And it also depends on a bit what we get from uh, the feedback. Now at the moment. Feedback is very positive. People who use it uh, really see uh, the value in it, they see the difference. Uh, some people say, well, it's, it's, it's something that was really missing. We, we feel that uh, it's, it's really covering a gap. And so the idea is to bring this together, explain it, and maybe, yeah, little by little get uh, people trained in, in, in the use. I have a question. I don't know if it's a bit beyond the scope of this conversation, but I was thinking about the different legislations and kind of regulatory framework uh, of different countries in Europe and want to ask if you, uh, well, if during your research you've encountered uh, information about, you know, whether or not the regulations that are in place are conducive to this type of economic activities, or if, for example, there are in a way kind of barriers or things that um, prevent people from um, creating businesses with this type of framework in mind? What it's, what it's common is that uh, this is still a form of economy that is not, uh, let's say, mainstream. It, it, it's a lot more vital uh, than it's recognized. So there's a lot of activity, there's a lot of, uh, of impulse um, but it's still difficult, and it's also because, again, it's uh, it's difficult for, for a lot of people to understand. Okay, what's the difference between uh, social economy and, and, and normal economy, and isn't social economy just uh, you know uh, assisting people with disability or or uh, whatever, building a, a, a an ONG and helping, or or another thing is it's like corporate social responsibility. Well, I just run an activity in my in my company that takes care of a couple of problems outside and, and that's uh, so it, it's still very uh, very kind of uh, difficult to, to recognize it but but uh, um, more and more uh, it's becoming clear that that you know it's like when when things have to change they, they will change naturally and and it depends on how many people start to get involved how many people start to see it and so on and and i can what i can say is that it's it's uh, it's a movement that is growing and so it will it will be inevitable that uh, at a certain point we will have a serious discussion where uh, as part of a serious uh, conversation about the key components of a company of, 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 of a member state or a state uh, social economy is 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 one of the key components. Yeah, and I assume that the growing attention to sustainability and climate policies as well contributes to that because we I mean we've talked a lot about social aspects of of business and attention to uh to workers and, and the way that um that they're involved in 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 business structures as well but the well, attention to the environment is also a big part of social economy, right? Is, yes. Well, and it comes naturally. So um, there's a, a lot of different uh, activities where um, um, they focus on maybe societal challenges, but then at the end of the day, 
uh, all the environmental component become an essential part of the activity. So there is attention on, on both sides. Or there are companies that are focusing on environmental challenges, and then but then the way they treat the, uh, a bit uh, all the all the different communities they interact with is is, uh, is special. So it's it's for it's part of a of a sens sensibility that it's that it's uh, it's different. Yeah, and I think it's great that the canvas also helps to see those connections and kind of visualize them and see how different communities and different aspects influence each other and are all part of a landscape or a system, if you want. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was great talking with you and it was great to um, share uh, about the canvas and we hope that um, well, people will use it first of all thanks for for the for the space if there's any interest uh, uh, questions uh, doubts and so on uh, through the website and and, uh, and through the different uh, channels it's possible in any case to to get in contact with uh, me and with my colleagues and uh, ask questions clarifications see if uh, there's anything that can be done uh, even locally to support people who are interested in this so it's kind of a really living project and so anyone is really welcome to to start interacting with, with this learn but also maybe yeah uh, get in contact with the, with, the, with us and with the colleagues so that we can we can help sounds great thank you thank you alessandro thank you Laura.